0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage startups in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearly, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Blair Crichton, co-founder of Singapore-based plant-based food firm Karana. Karana is also the first whole plant-based food brand in Asia with a focus on Asian-style foods and is about to launch its jackfruit-based pork products very soon. Karana has also just secured a $1.7 million investment and we'll get Blair to talk a bit about this later. So hello Blair, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, pleasure to be here.
0: Very nice to have you here indeed and perhaps let's start off by talking a bit about Karana itself and you know what you do. So we spoke previously and you did mention that you are the first whole plant-based food brand in Asia so what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah so at Karana um, our, our emphasis is on taking natural ingredients and transforming them with mechanical processes to make deliciously indulgent Asian comfort foods. So our first product is a whole plant-based pork made from jackfruit. And we transform the jackfruit using our proprietary mechanical process, but it is a a minimally processed product and it is entirely whole plant. So you get all the benefits of eating whole plants. Mm
0: why are you choosing to focus on Asian style foods? I know you, you mentioned a char siu pao before and dim sum and things like that. So why this focus?
1: Yeah, so um, the there are a number of reasons for this. First and foremost, it's about giving consumers foods that they love and are familiar with. And having uh, grown up in Asia, um, I missed a lot of those foods and realized they weren't really available in a a plant-based format. So, uh, you know, we we have some great products out there, but often they're very Western-focused in their application. And so it was about developing something that was more designed for the local palate and giving consumers more mm-hmm. choice because in Asia, you know, it's still a nascent industry and there isn't mm-hmm. a lot of choice out there. So partly, uh, I guess, selfish in that I missed <laughs> uh, Chelsea Bao and, and, and various other um, some products. But but also um, from a business perspective, mm-hmm. it, it means you can offer something that is familiar to the consumers mm-hmm. and and that should hopefully help drive the adoption Mm -hmm. of these plant-based products and Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're a mission-driven company and we Mm -hmm. want more people to eat plant-based foods so uh offering something that is familiar to them hopefully enables that Mm
0: -hmm. i know we've talked a little bit about this before but perhaps for the sake of our listeners could you share a bit more on why you've also chosen jackfruit as the first plant to work with
1: yeah, so jackfruit uh, is is an amazing ingredient and there are a number of reasons we've chosen it. Firstly, uh, it is a scalable ingredient. So jackfruit is abundantly available and in fact, upwards of 60% of the current jackfruit crop goes to waste. Mm-hmm. So not only is it scalable, by using it, we're addressing some food waste issues. Uh, and then on top of that, it's actually a very sustainable crop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it requires little input. It is very high yielding. Mm-hmm. It is quite uh, climate resilient. And then finally, um, we look uh, you know, for, for crops that can help us Help us make amazing products, mm. and jackfruit has a naturally very meaty texture, mm. which we've enhanced through our through our uh, methods, our mechanical processing methods. It, you know, it, it basically offers it all. It's sustainable. It's scalable, and it really gives us a great base to build on Mm -hmm. so you know we're taking what nature has given us and then
0: enhancing that all right so um maybe we'll move up to a little bit of a broader focus so Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on the main challenges that the plant-based meat industry in apec is currently facing so perhaps also like you know how karana can make the most difference and impact here
1: yeah so there are a number of challenges i think first and foremost is um, is availability and choice. Mm-hmm. There, it's still a very nascent mm-hmm. space in Asia, mm-hmm. and there isn't a huge amount of availability and choice. And so, we hope to play a part in in addressing that by giving. You know, it's, it's what I said earlier around. Why we choose, uh, you know, to offer dim sum and and, mm. and you know Chelsea and things like that, is because it, it's about giving consumers that choice mm-hmm. and, and a breadth of products. And beyond that as well, I mean, for us, um, there are a number of quite heavily processed products out there, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to sort of talk down on those products. They are great products, but there are a number of consumers that. Mm -hmm. Um, would rather a less processed product. And so it's about giving them that choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, I think some of the other challenges are related to availability, but also price. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of plant-based products in this region are are quite expensive. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're working hard to bring our costs down and and offer a more Mm -hmm. affordable product Mm -hmm. uh, that will hopefully drive accessibility Mm -hmm. uh, and so on. Of course, consumer mindset, you know, there is still, I would say, somewhat of a lack of awareness Mm -hmm. and desire versus, you know, some countries in the West where, you know, particularly amongst young consumers, you're seeing like 70, 80% of consumers Mm -hmm. saying they now reduce the amount of Mm -hmm. meat that they're eating. Hopefully by making products more accessible and and, and familiar products, and also in a way that you don't have to compromise on your experience, Mm -hmm. we get to change that um, acceptance and that willingness to try. Mm -hmm.
0: The, the price point you're moving towards, you talk about, you're bringing the price down, market price. What is your target and goal in that sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't commit to an exact price right <laughs> now, but uh, but I mean, you know, we, we very much benchmark ourselves against the meats that we're replicating. So initially mm-hmm. we look at pork prices. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and obviously pork prices have been... Pressured upwards a lot in Asia mm, mm. Uh, in, in the past year because of supply chain shocks from swine mm. swine flu mm. plus coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're, you're seeing pork prices in China pushing seven US dollars a kilo. Um, mm-hmm. So, actually, you know, even from the outset, we're not far off, but mm-hmm. certainly look towards cost competitiveness, price mm-hmm. competitiveness mm-hmm. with pork products. That being said, you know, off the bat, we are a more premium product mm-hmm. so we're not going to be priced at the you know the cheapest mm-hmm. dim sum or, or jiaozi or or, or chelsea bao or whatever it mm-hmm. is that you can buy in the supermarket but i don't think we want to be ultra high-end either so mm-hmm. we, we you know and, and in time we hope to bring those costs down
0: all right cool i do understand that you have a background in finance mm-hmm. Okay, even a master's in Chinese economics from Cambridge. So major difference in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. This is like food tech, this is food startup. Such a big difference. So how did you find yourself as a food entrepreneur?
1: So, I mean, firstly, it is a very different world, but there is a, a, a lot that I can take from my past experiences mm. into, into what I'm doing now. Um, you know, I, I have to fundraise and run the finance <laughs> side of the business and so mm. having been a banker helps. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, how I found myself here is, uh, yeah, as you said, I worked in finance for, for many years and then I went to business school. And during that time, I, I did a bit of soul searching about what I wanted to mm. do with my life and I realized I wanted to be doing something that was having a positive impact, uh, particularly around climate change. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was already—I um, had I, just before going to business school—became vegan um, based on on uh, climate reasons. Mm-hmm. And so that really resonated with me. And and I saw, you know, one of the biggest contributors to climate change is animal agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so I started this journey of trying to kind of break into this space. And I guess you can say that mm. the rest is history. It, it's a fascinating <laughs> space. And I, I guess, you know, why I'm doing this in Asia is uh, I, having grown up in, in Hong Kong and um, really missed a lot of the foods that I grew, grew up with. It's kind of a Gim bit tam, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and seeing that, you know, there are a lot of these amazing Western products coming to market. Mm. But. Very little happening in Asia. I just, Mm. I I saw the opportunity and Mm. and the need for that.
0: Leading on from that, the very natural next question here is going to be, what were some of the major personal and professional challenges that you saw when you made this change?
1: Professionally, obviously, uh, you know, coming from a large company background, um, (laughs) you don't have the support systems Mm. and uh, the security Mm-hmm. That you have in, in in that background, so and and you have to take on a lot more responsibility personally. I, I find mm-hmm. that exciting, but it does come with challenges, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, and particularly in time management and prioritization. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I have to run everything from finance to marketing to admin mm-hmm. um, to <laughs> finding an office. Right, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, mm-hmm. it it, it takes a lot of time and so you have to you have to be kind of be a master of of managing your time Mm -hmm. and knowing where to prioritize personally um, obviously it's it's very risky to to join a startup and to to start a startup Uh, and so there was a you know, a bit of convincing my girlfriend and and, um, and my family around, you know, that it, it is the right choice.
0: How did you cope with all these changes and, you know, what has motivated you to keep going despite all this hard work and, you know, having to be a master of everything is what you mentioned?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, obviously, you know, first is doing something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. and really caring about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, helps you know you get through the the downtimes times and, and motivates you to succeed and I, I really really care about the mission that mm-hmm. we are setting out on to you know trying to make our food system more sustainable mm-hmm. secondly you know um i have a, a great co-founder that mm-hmm. um you know and, and and we're a team and and so that that really helps having someone you know there to support and then mm-hmm. you know we've obviously hired a couple of staff now and mm-hmm. and so um you know, really shout out to them for, mm-hmm. for all the hard work they do as well. And then finally, um, you know, we, we, we have some fantastic investors. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as you know, you mentioned in, in the introduction, we, we've raised $1.7 $1. million mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, and that helps, obviously, <laughs> uh, and, and um, also leveraging their experience and those, their connections. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So How big is the team now, by the way?
1: Uh, the team is now four and a half people. Four and a half. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we have one part time mm. uh, person and then yeah and then four full time. Okay. So But looking right. looking to grow that um, pretty pretty soon. Mm. Um, we're taking on some some trainees right now through the mm-hmm. SG United mm. uh, scheme and yeah. and then you I know mean, hopefully that will that that will turn into full time mm. jobs for them as well.
0: Is there anything that you know you wish you had known when you started out on this journey in the beginning or and anything you might have changed, you, you, if you had known this,
1: Oh, I think there's so many things <laughs> that I would have changed. Um, but but you know that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. Is you mm-hmm. can't you can't look back and and say oh I wish I'd done this. But one thing I, I would say is I probably would have. Nailed down a little bit more before we started fundraising, because it's mm-hmm. it was, you know now we've we've obviously raised a great seed round, but it's taken a long time, and there were a lot of nos before there were any yeses. <laughs> and I think that's because we were very, you know, we, we were very ambitious and we went out to fundraise before we'd mm. made a lot of milestones. Mm. And um, what I realized is, you know having now hit a number of those milestones it just increases your investability Mm. talking to anyone else who is in the same position I'd just Mm. say bootstrap a little bit longer and Mm -hmm. and you'll you'll find that fundraising process a little easier
0: what's next for you and Corona? like where do you see yourself and the company in the next 12 months and five years down the line maybe you could tell us a bit more about what you plan to do with your new 1.7 million (laughs) dollars
1: yeah sure so uh you know the Obviously, for us, um, the focus is on bringing products to market and mm-hmm. um, and hiring a top tier team. Mm-hmm. So, you know that that one point seven million dollars goes a lot towards that um, mm-hmm. building out a really strong team of, of industry professionals mm-hmm. and people who are passionate about our mission here in in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, as well as um, you know bringing our products to market and building our brand. Uh, and you know we're, we're really excited to be launching our products here in Singapore, but then hopefully pretty quickly expanding to other other mm. markets within the region. Um, and you know in the in the next twelve months, that that really is the focus. Um, mm. Obviously, we continuing our product development efforts around mm. some other really interesting ingredients beyond mm. jackfruit. Mm. Uh, but uh, the, the focus in the near term is is mm. on our on our whole plant based pork uh, made from jackfruit, but. If we now transition that to the five-year mm-hmm. horizon, you asked about. Obviously, um, you know, within the next five years, we'd want to have introduced a range of products mm-hmm. beyond just a kind of a pork-focused product mm-hmm. to chicken, fish, mm-hmm. um, and and a and a range of these really interesting biodiverse mm-hmm. regional ingredients that that can be transformed. Uh, and then, you know, whilst we're an Asian-based company, uh, we. Um, we do see it. We we do see a lot of opportunity to be global mm-hmm. in in our mindset, and mm-hmm. so hopefully within within the next five years, we would have expanded beyond Asia and brought authentic, great tasting plant based Asian mm-hmm. comfort to 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 the West. Um, you know, having lived in the West, I I missed a lot of my the foods from home and. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly a lot of the products that were available were not very good and not very authentic so Mm. i think there's a real opportunity to bring to tap into both that that sort Mm -hmm. of plant-based movement in the west but Mm -hmm. also the increased interest in international and global foods Mm -hmm. and and authentic global foods Mm
0: -hmm. anything in terms of manufacturing plants or facilities or will you still be contracting these out for the time being
1: yeah so for for the time being uh we we look to work with with partners Mm -hmm. to to help us with our manufacturing, because mm-hmm. frankly we don't have the the skill set mm-hmm. uh, within our team. So you know, for, for the short term, we'll continue to do that. But you know, we have discussed whether longer term we would build our own facilities, and mm-hmm. um, particularly on uh, the raw material side mm-hmm. and, and the initial kind of transformation that takes place, because um, you know we have developed our own process and and. Mm that requires a kind of rejigging yes, of, yes. of things so mm. it's not outside of the realm of possibility but mm-hmm. not the focus right now as we, mm. we, we try to be capital efficient
0: you mentioned this a little bit just now but there are any advice for you know those out there who might be wanting to make a change in their lives like you did you know swap industries or go down the entrepreneurship path mm-hmm. you mentioned a bit about bootstrapping maybe you want to elaborate on that
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I I think a few pieces of advice. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird kind of giving advice when I, I I feel like I was on the other side of this, getting advice from people not that long ago, but uh, that's that's the way things go. Uh, So firstly, I I would say network like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot underestimate the value of the the network that I've built Mm -hmm. um, and how some of those people have now joined our company, either as advisors, Mm -hmm. investors, or or just general sounding boards. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that that goes to looking to change industries as well, because networking enables you to learn about the industry and find people who can introduce you to people and so on. So Mm -hmm. networking is is super valuable. Uh, Secondly, do something that you really, truly care about. Uh, The entrepreneurial journey is is not an an easy one. I mean, it's a very fulfilling one, but Mm -hmm. if you don't have that passion behind it, I, I think you would give up pretty quickly. Mm. Um, so that—that's my second piece of advice, and and thirdly, believe in yourself. Um, you know, particularly if you're looking to switch careers, it, it's not always easy, and and of course, you're going to find people that will say, "No, you're not experienced enough" or whatever. But just keep at it, and mm. and you'll find a way through, like mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, and I think if you are in the fortunate position that you can, um, you can bootstrap and, and afford to feed yourself without a salary and so on, um, <laughs> then, you know, I, I think there is value in doing that in terms of just bringing your company to the next level before you start looking for investors mm-hmm. um, because it will just put you in a better negotiating position.
0: All right, great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Blair. I had a, I had a very good time talking to you thank you thanks
1: for having me it's a it's a real pleasure
0: <laughs> no worries thanks so much and thank you also everyone for listening to this podcast as well and i wish everyone a great day ahead for food navigator asia this is pearly signing up